we're trying to follow the Seder of Svira, and each week corresponds to a different Midah. We mentioned last week, although these Midahs of Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, and so on, have very deep meaning, Alpisoid, that is all beyond us, and what we're just trying to do is relate to the Midahs that somehow are represented in these very deep concepts. Last week we spoke about Chesed, and uh, actually Al Hasaydah this week is Gvura, but it, where we're really holding in Svira is already in the third week, we're in Midas HaTiferes, and uh, we've been asked to try to combine tonight Gvura and Tiferes that we can get back onto schedule to be in the schedule of the Svira in the coming weeks. Gvura, when we think of the word Gvura, we think of strength, of power, of conquest, of thunderous, unyielding strength. We know, we spoke last week, that chesed is mesiaches to Avram Avinu, chesed Avram. Gvura is the midah of Yitzchok, pachad Yitzchok, the idea of fear, of din, and of strength. Yet there's an interesting Gemara Mesech, the Shabbos. The Gemara talks about our Kodesh Baruch who went to the Ovis HaKadoshim and said, Bonecho, Chotu, your children have sinned. And Avram Avinu answered, Yimochu al Shemecho. Yaakov said, Yimochu al Shemech. May they have to be punished. But it was Yitzchak who interceded on behalf of Klal Yisrael. And the Gemara has an Arichis of a whole Cheshbin and a whole Taina Toyin Venitin that he had where he evoked Rachamim, and it was Yitzchak, who's the Midas Haddin, who was able to bring Rachmanis to Klal Yisrael. And the Mepharshim asked, it would appear that Yitzchak, who's Midas Haddin, who's the Midah of Gvura, of strength, who demands perfection, it needs to have an understanding why Yitzchak should be Dafka, the source of the Chesed and the Rachamim. Similar to this we find by Davening. In the second brach of Shemana Esra, which is Gvurois, Ato Gibor, Lioilom Hashem, yet we talk all about Chasodim. Machal Kelchayim Bechesed, Machayim Meisim Berach, Mimrabim, Soimech, Noiflim, Roifei, Choilim, Matir Asurim, all sorts of, a whole list of Chesed activities that we're all Amiyaches into the brach of Gvurah. What is their connection, Dafke, to the Midah of Gvurah? So for this we need to understand the essence of what Gvurah means. What does strength mean? We find the Svarim Akadoshim teach us from the many names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there are two Shemos. There's the Shem Havaya. The Shem Havaya represents Chesed, giving forth His Pashtus, the spreading out of the Ratzon of Hashem. There's another Shem, the Rechaim HaKadosh, in the beginning of Pashtus, Ve'era is Mazber, the Shem Shakai, Shin Dalad Yud, which means Misha Oma Lo'oilomoi Dai means that when HaKadosh Baruch who created the world, first he spread, so to say, outwards, the Koyach and the oil of Kedusha, of the Rabbeinu Shaloylam, was mispashed, it spread out. But had that Hispashtus continued, the world would not be able to exist, the world wouldn't be able to contain that much gili, that much revelation. So there had to be a counterforce of Misha Omar Lo'oilomoy Dai, a restraint, a holding back of the spreading out of the oil of the Gilui Shechina. In other places, this is represented as the Shem Eloikim, the shame of Din. Now these two 
expressions of Heole of HaKadosh Baruch Hu manifest themselves in many ways. One of the ways we refer to them is Chesed, representing his Pashtus, and Gvura, representing what's called his Kaftus, containing inward, holding back. And both of these powers, both of these emanations are necessary for the world to exist. As the Balatanian and Pashas Rei explains the Pasek, Ki Shemesh Umogain Hashem Eloikim. Shemesh is the sun, Mogain is a shield from the sun. Hash- Kishemesh, like the sun, and Umogen, what protects from the powerful rays of the sun, Hashem, Havaya Elohim, are the two Shemes, one of Havaya that shines outward with brilliant light, like the sun, and one that's a Mogen. And the Balatani explains that's the end of the first Brach and Shemaras. We say Mogen Avraham. Avram is the Midah of Chesed, but Chesed has to have a Mogen, it has to have a shield to protect it from spreading out too far. Unbridled Chesed is a dangerous thing. Now, these two Koiches express themselves in the Bria in many different ways. Mitzvahs Asay and Mitzvahs Loisasay. Mitzvahs Asay is an expression of his spashtus, of chesed, of Shem Havaya. Doing something, going out of ourselves to accomplish something. We are also commanded in Mitzvahs Loisasay, what we're not allowed to do. Holding ourselves back when we have a desire or a rotsen to do something, we restrain ourselves. The shayrish of that is from Midas Hadin, is from Yitzchok. Other places we find, Avoides Hashem Bi'ahavo. And avoid us Hashem biyiro. Ish and Isha. Ish is a shayrish of chesed. Isha is a shayrish of gvura. They're also referred to as yamin usmoil. Yamin mekareves and smoil is doiche. Right side always corresponds to in yonim of chesed and the left corresponds to in yonim of gvura. And the Svarah Makdoshim explain, on this, that every person has a shayrish hanasham as a root of his soul that falls into one of these two categories. Either the root of your neshama is in the makar of chesed or in gvura. Now it's not nobody's total chesed or total gvura. There are different mixtures. Like you look in the sphere, this chesed she gvura and gvura she chesed and chesed. Many different variations of how a person's neshama is made up. But a person has a basic makeup that's either misyaches to chesed or it's misyaches to gvura. Now, people who have a shayrish and a shama in chesed will be very loving, kind, expressively mispashate type of nature. Yet at the same time, chesed has its shortcomings. The Svarim teach us, as we find in the Torah, in the parish of Gilei Arayas, chesed who? Too much chesed can often express itself in indulgence, the chesed and the ahava extending beyond the boundaries, which it forms in taiva, in gile arayas, which is the klipah, the tzad hatumah shebe chesed. Other times a person can be b'shoyrish hagvura. His shoyrish is in strength, is in power, in restraint. He's tremendously medagadic. He's very strict on himself. He demands a lot of himself and he never lets himself go. He doesn't indulge. He does what he has to do. It's a tremendous smile. At the same time, such a person might also, there's a tzad 
of klipa in gvura. That sada klipa is kas, which is most um, clearly expressed in the iser of Ritzich, as we'll explain later how these inyonim are mispashet. And sometimes a person who has that nature may be cold, may be easily angered, may be easily annoyed. And it's interesting that these two type of people, those who are shayrish and chesed, those who are shayrish and gvura, tend often to get on each other's nerves. They don't tend to understand each other. Um, the people who are shayrish and gvura, sometimes, um, even though it's hard to get a favor from them, so, as much as you can get from the classical bal chesed, but he's reliable and he's responsible and he's always on time. And the person who's the bal chesed, who maybe have certain miles, may have chesreinus that get are very annoying to the person whose shayrish hanashoma is in gvura. And it's important to remember this. The Rebbe Rabbunim says, the Pasuk, Loisisno es ochicho bilvavecho. Don't hate your brother with your heart. Sometimes a person who's by nature a very generous, giving person can't bear somebody else who's not naturally so generous, not naturally so giving. Can't say, how is he going to be so selfish? He doesn't understand that person may have a different shayrash neshama and he has many other milas where he's lacking. And the person the shayrash hagvura is very um, impatient with uh, the jolly, friendly, um, um, sometimes... Uh, not so organized nature of the Balchesed. So we're reminded, don't look at somebody else with your own heart. Now, we are also commanded to work. The Rechaim HaKadosh explains the Yisrael. Beis Yaakov represents the Yodai Oichezes Ba'akev, those who have the Midah of Yira, the Midah of holding back. Koisoimar Amir is a Losh in Rako. Beis Yaakov, those who have the Midah Sagvur have to work on bringing some Chesed into their lives. The Sagid, which Rash has a Losh in Koshe Kigidin, a strong and powerful Losh in Koisagid, the Sagid Livne Yisrael. Yisrael is Kisorisa, those who are Mispashat, who are Balei Chesed, need also to have a proper dose of Yira of Dvarim Koshim of Hagodim. So, the Indian in the Bria of Tzimtzum, of restraint, of holding back of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashpo, is the Midah of Gvura, the Midah of Yira, the Midah of his Hiskafsis in the world. Now, restraint equals focus. When someone is all over the place being mispashate, his energy is not focused into one place. Restraint, holding back, containing, gives a person the ability to take his chius and to focus it and to make it a very potent and powerful koyach. A yid's first mitzvah, the Shulchan Aruch, tells us, Yisgaber ko'ari, to have the gvura of a lion to wake up in the morning. We know that waking up in the morning is in a small way an Indian of Tchias Amesim. Because every person has Tchias. We all have life from our Neshama being Mashpia into our Guf. That's the source of, that's our life source. Now, a person, when he's not focused, his life source is all over the place. When he's least focused, which is when he's asleep, he can't, he can't do any meaningful motion. He can 
thrash about, but he can't do anything focused at all. The more he's away, he can take, he can wave his hands around, but to wave them meaningfully, or to even take something and to write, which would demand a lot more of focused energy, would be impossible. So the act of waking up in the morning is taking this chiyas, which is there, we're very much alive while we're sleeping, but our energies are without any focus at all. They're just rolling all over the place. We wake up in the morning and we're misgabber. We gather together all of our energy at once and we are lamoid baboike. And that's why we find that shimshin hagibur. Mishavet don. Shevet Don was called the Shevet, that's Ma'asef L'chol HaMachnois. It gathers together all the koiches and all the power and it focuses. That's why Don is compared to a snake who just pinpoints the spot to bite at the foot of the horse and overthrows the horse and its rider. A lion is considered the Melech, the Gibor, Yisgaber, Koari, yet pound for pound the lion is not the most powerful. An elephant is stronger than a lion. There are many animals that have greater brute strength than a lion. But the lion's ability to stalk its prey and to wait and to focus and then to pounce and to dispatch his victim with one swoop, with one, with one koyach, with one extension of his koyach, that simtsum gives him enormous strength because focus equals strength. Not only does it equal strength, simtsum empowers us, makes us stronger. Imagine you have a great, powerful soldier. A soldier a, 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 who's very strong, but can he kill somebody who's a thousand feet away from him? That he can't do. He has to be next to the person. However, imagine this man takes a bow and arrow. Now, he's, he has tremendous brute strength in his arms and his legs and his body. And now he pulls back on the string of that bow. It means the entire strength that was in his body is now focused into the string. And now all the strength that's in the string is now transferred and focused even more, um, even more centrally into the arrow. And all the power that's now in the arrow is now focused in the head of the arrow. And all of that is now in the very tip, in the point of the arrow. Now when he lets that fly, he can kill somebody, he can overcome somebody who's a thousand feet away from him with pinpoint accuracy and with great strength, because when you take strength and you focus it, you metzamtzam it into a particular direction, it makes it that much stronger. All our actions would have so much more power if they were focused. I remember once, it was by the Skelene Rebels, and he was, was after Mayrev and he was rushing to go somewhere to a simch and he was running out of the room and suddenly a father came over to him and he wanted to tell him, introduce his son and his son had just become a chosen. And the Gaboyim was saying, no, we have to move, we have to go. And he said, oh, he became a chosen. He stopped what he was doing, looks at this chosen directly in the eyes, takes him with both hands and he starts giving him brachas and brachas for 10 minutes just talking, talking to the father, talking to the chosen as if there's nothing else going on in the world. As if he has all the time and believe me, he was late enough as it was. And he was just totally, for now imagine the difference between a mazel tov like that and just a oh, mazel tov big bench, bimatzliach. The focus, the energy that's put into it makes it so much stronger. An action that we do with thought, that we put a little bit of concentration into becomes a strong and powerful action. That is the 
keli, the tool of gvura, the power of strength to empower and to strengthen everything that we do and to make it more meaningful. And it's very important when we're doing chasodim to remember that the story told about the chazanish who was once waiting to leave from a certain place. He was a guest, I think, at a simcha, and somebody stopped him outside of the wedding hall, and he was talking to him, and he was asking him his advice. And then after he finished, the Chazanish got into the car, and the Chazanish told the driver, drive very slowly till you get to the end of the block. The end of the block, when you make the right turn, so then you can go pick up speed. He says, why? He says, I don't want the person to think the person I was talking to, to think that I was in a rush. If he sees me speed off, he's going to think that while I was with him, I was, I, was, I was looking elsewhere. And I don't want to take away from that feeling of total immersion in what he wanted, total concentration that I have for him all the time. Because if it's worth doing, if it's worth saying Mazatov, if it's worth saying good Shabbos, if it's worth listening to somebody's problem, it's worth doing it with focus, concentration, with strength, and with gvuro. I know a Yid who lives here in Monsi. I really would say his name, but I really, really know that he would be very upset. So I just want to tell you a story about him. This person is a tremendous Balcheset, and he's a person you could always call on for a favor. Whereas the summer was a day that his son, or maybe it was his daughter, was getting engaged that night. And you can imagine how hectic, and it was, it was in the mountains. He was uh, uh, making the simch in the mountains. And that, there was a lot of uh, organizing had to be done, bringing up the family from New York. In the middle of all this, somebody calls him up on a cell phone from the highway, a friend of his, say that his car broke down. And who do you call? He calls this Chava, who you can rely on always to come to his aid. And right away he got involved in whatever he needed. And this fellow told us, on that day, he made 13 phone calls back and forth. This heat called me 13 times to make find the mechanic and make sure somebody picks me up. Didn't even mention once that his son is about to get engaged two hours from now. When I arrived, I found out that this man is making an engagement tonight. And all this time he was talking to me as if there was nothing else in the world going on. When one does something, focus on it. Such a chesed is a different type of a chesed. The ultimate chesed is a powerful chesed, a focused chesed. Ato gibor li'oylam Hashem mechalkel chayim bechesed. Yitzchak avinu, who is gvura, who is restraint, who is focus, who is concentration. That is a way that a person could bring the best and most great and the greatest power into his gemilas chasodim. To organize ourselves, to be how much more we could accomplish when we do our chesed in an oifan that's masudah, in a way that's organized and sensible, the way that's thought out and with rikus hamachshove. But it's not just chesed that's a product of gevura. Reb Tzadik Hakoyin writes, True simcha, true joy, and everybody's looking for joy, but looking to be happy. True simcha can only come from strength, can only come from gvura. As we find in the Pasik, about Yitzchak, the ultimate happiness when a person is a matzav of tzchoik. Tzchoik means it's, it's, he cannot be restrained, he cannot contain anymore the joy that he's pushed out of control with laughter and simcha. The shayrish, the root of tzchoik is dafki in Yitzchok, dafki in Midas Hadin. Why is that? You know, there was recently in the public schools, they asked the children to give a list 
of who they look up to as heroes. And most of the students voted for different entertainers or different athletes, which is very odd because we used to think of a hero is somebody who does something heroic, like maybe risking his life on the battlefield to save his fellow soldiers. But in today's, um, in today's world, we can call people who virtually, amongst their ranks, are some of the sickest people in the world. And we can call them heroes. Why? Because people view them as successful and as happy and people who have attained joy and simcha. Yet we know for some reason, people who have everything, we see often are very, very lacking in simcha. I once read about a fellow who received an inheritance of $400 million. And he quit his job, and he decided he's spending the rest of his life on a yacht. And he went traveling just from country to country, living in international waters, eating and indulging until he weighed 380 pounds. And finally he became so depressed that he took his own life. Now, we would think to ourselves, one who has everything should have happiness. Why is there no simcha? Why is there no joy? And why is there almost always in these circles so much depression, so much yish, so much despair? The answer is because real joy, real simcha can only come as a result of givuro, as a result of work that earned it. We all know a vacation is a wonderful thing. But if somebody's on vacation all year, the vacation is not an enjoyment for him. It's only because he worked very hard, he struggled for a couple of months, and all that restraint and all that all that strength went into him, and now he's earned his vacation. That vacation, that schoik, that can bring him simcha. When all our work on this world, and this world is a world of work, when all that is done and finished, and we're there just to get the reward, it's called Oz The final days, Yemoy Samashiach will be days of schoik, of unbelievable ecstasy and happiness, which is the result, the reward for Gvura Acha Gvura Acha Gvura. And those who, we all know this, those who've never reached such a level of simcha through the expression of gvura may never have experienced true joy in their life. So our avoider in avoidus agvura not only will bring us strength and empower our actions, but will also bring us to a level of true joy and true simcha. Now what's the actual definition of gvura for us in everyday life? There's a more about Reb Chaim Shmolevitz. Reb Chaim Shmolevitz talks about the Mishnah Ezehu Gibar HaKoyvesh Es Yitzhar, and he asked the question, the Gemara says that the only way we can overcome our Yitzhahara is Ilmole HaKadosh Baruch Hu Oizri, if not for HaKadosh Baruch Hu helping us, he wouldn't be be able to overcome our Yetzirah. He says, a gibar, we look at that somebody who's strong and powerful, he can accomplish on his own. If the only way we can defeat the Yetzirah is to siyata deshmaya v'kadosh bochah, then it's a mice of a nace. What makes it gvura? And Reb Chaim tells over the Medrashah that Aaron HaKoyen, when it talks about his milus, it said one of the milus, the Kohen Gadol has to be, has to be a gibar. And the Medrashah says, what was the gvura of Aaron HaKoyen in the day when he was mechanach the levim, he had to make a tnufa on the levim, he had to lift up the levim, 
and be moilech umayvi umalu moyed waved them all around and he lifted up 22,000 levium in one day. And Abchaim says even if you give a day 24 hours that means one every four seconds lifting him up and being moilech umayvi umalu umayred Obviously, it was my sinisim. There's no way a human being can do that. Now, if it's my sinisim, where's the strength involved? Why is that considered gvura? Kadosh Baruch Hu makes sinis. It's not gvura. So Reb Chaim says we see from here the true definition of gvura is a person taking all his energy and all his abilities and using that, putting all his koyach into something. That is what gvura is. This says by Yankov Avinu, Yichad we say in the Piyot, Vigol Evan, how did he turn over, how did he roll that stone off the well? By Yechidus Halev, by focusing, by concentrating, and giving all we have, that is how we are Gibayrim. Gibayrim means doing something with all our heart and all our soul. That is Gvura. HaKadosh Baruch who gives Siyata Deshmaya to those who act with Gvura to help us accomplish the things that we set out to do. Now, we all want to be over the Hashem. We all want to learn Torah. We all want to daven. We love the Torah. Yet sometimes we find that we want to learn Torah. We want to daven. It goes very difficult. I once heard from Eid, he says, I, you know, I really love the Torah. I love I love yeshivas, but when I sit down to a blot kamar, I just don't enjoy it. I can't. After 15 minutes, I can't take it anymore. And many people understand the importance of tefillah, and they really know how necessary it is in their lives, and they want to learn more about tefillah. When they come to shul after 15 minutes, they can't sit still anymore. They're just looking when they can get out. They keep looking at the clock. Why is it, what is needed to give us a tam in avodas Hashem, to give us a tam in learning, to give us a habas a There's a word for a Moshe Kliyas, it was the Rav of Tveria. He says, people have different ways of expressing their love for Torah. He says, somebody, some people love Torah by kissing the Sefer Torah. They show they love the Torah. <laughs> Others dance with the Sefer Torah. David HaMelech said, I show my love of Torah by learning all day. That is where my love of Torah finds its expression. Now, what tool do we need to develop this type of enjoyment in Ruchnius, this type of Hano, of Gishmak in Torah and in Davening and in Chesed and Avodah Hashem? No, so we would imagine if our learning is weak, we need Chizik and learning. If our Davening, we need Chizik and Davening. But actually, sometimes... I tell a story about a truck that was driving on a highway, got stuck under, under an underpass, and it got wedged in, and they couldn't get it in nor out. And they brought out engineers, and they were thinking about how we can cut off the bridge, how we can cut off the top of the truck. And a little boy came and said, you know, why don't you just let the ear out of the tires, and the truck will go down two inches and be able to drive right through. Sometimes the solution to a problem is from a completely different side. It's not where you think the mochama is. The solution lies in a different plane, in a different battlefield. If somebody wants to walk around the block. He has to have a certain amount of preparation. Not much. He has to put his shoes on. He has to put his jacket on. If he wants to drive 10 miles, he needs some more preparation. He has to check that he has gas. He has to fill up. If he wants to drive on a trip of 500 miles, he needs to, uh, he needs to check that he has a tune-up. He has to make sure his car is in order. If he wants to fly from here to Europe to get into an airplane, 
it's not enough just to put in oil. You need to have an entire crew of preparing and checking and making that this plane should be able to fly. If he wants to go in a spaceship and travel to the moon, you need to have years of preparation. You need to have hundreds of people sitting around computer terminals working out and preparing for this trip. And the reason is simple. In order to break Teva, to overcome nature, we need preparation. Walking around the block is a natural thing to do. It doesn't need a lot of preparation. Driving 40 miles per hour is already a greater overcoming of the Teva. I need more preparation. Flying in an airplane is a miracle. An airplane is really a box with 400 dead people there because it's in the air and what keeps it up there. But the energy of the engine is fighting against fighting against gravity, in order to keep that going, you need to have a tremendous amount of preparation. And in order to overcome gravity and go into outer space, you need to have an enormous amount of preparation. What is the preparation for us to transcend Teva? Because to be a Masmid, to be a Mispalo, to be an Oyved Hashem is not an easy thing. It's against our nature. We're lazy. We prefer not to have an oil. We prefer not to work. So to accomplish these things, we need to overcome come our nature, as the Chazanish describes the Talmud Chacham, as an angel, as a malach who's walking across the earth, he looks like a person, but he's not really a person. So in order to achieve these things, we need to have a tremendous amount of hachana. The hachana is midas hagvura. The most powerful force in the world is Ratzon, is will. Every single thing in this world was accomplished because somebody wanted something. There was a Ratzon. It's Milashin Ritz. It's the most powerful energy in the world. It's at the root of every world economy, of every battle, of every war that was ever fought, of every building that was ever built, of every business that was ever created. At the root of that was Ratzon. Ratzon is power, is energy. When a person takes his Ritzoinus, the things that he wants, and he's mevatel those Ritzoinus, mepnei Ritzoinus, that is the ultimate act of Gvuro, that's saying, I am taking the energy, I'm taking the rots, and you, Rebbeinu say I should do something else. That builds a person, and that will give a person the strength and the yishmak that he can break his teva. That's the hachona that we need. As the Ramban writes, we just learned the Shabbos, the mitzvah of Kedoshim Tiyu, and the Ramban explains that it's not enough to keep Tariag mitzvahs. One has to be Mekadesh Atzmoi Bemuterloi. One cannot be an indulgent person. person, he says, could say, I'm going to eat only what's kosher, and I'll only take what's allowed, I'll only go where you're allowed, but I'll just enjoy and live in pleasures all my days. will be a novel, B'Rishu Satoira, not means a... a, a, a uncouth person with the rights of the Torah. But as the Svarim HaKadoshim explain, all of our Ratzloch and Avodah Hashem revolves around us being disciplined people and training ourselves to forego some of our Ratzloch. That's in anything. Whether it's Achila, Shtiyelina, Halich, and I'm all in Yonim that a person has Ratzloch. When a person disciplines himself, he will create within himself a Bria Chadosho, a person of great strength who is in tune and who can accomplish what the Ratzon Hashem is. If when it comes to a person's eating, he's Hefke, 
He eats without focus. He eats without a seder. He sits at a table, he's doing a thousand other things. The Rabbi Rabunim once said that the avoida so achil, you know what avoida, avoida so achil, sadiq, you know what the ikir avoida, he says? When we're eating to think that we're eating. Because if we're not thinking that we're eating, we're like a cow who just eats without thinking that he's eating. Just to focus on what we're doing. Not to lick in Tyrus, not to live without a mahalach, not to, to be undisciplined. That breaks our strength, that breaks our koichas hanefesh. But there's another moiridical lotion in Rapsodic. We all know we have Yetzirahs, and we have Tyrus, and they are difficult to deal with these Tyrus and these desires. Givura zokter Rapsodic soirefes Tyrus. Acts of Givura burn up Tyve. Because Taiva is his spashtus, unbridled chesed. Gvura is restraint, is restraint. And the more a person, if a person is misgaber koari, if he wakes up in the morning like a lion, with a negel basakidin, with a birchasatir, with a kavana, with a geshmat, with a ruachayim, with a rotsen for Abba he runs to David, he doesn't fall, he doesn't schlep himself till he arrives late, and then he's rubbing his eyes and he's half dragging himself around without gvura, but like a person who's half asleep. Later in the day, he won't be able to deal with his tithes. The gvura is what is soirefes hatayve. And Befrat Rabtzadik says, when we are misgaber in inyonim, that our gvura mitzada klipe. There's a gvura in tumah, we mentioned. Kas is a gvura in tumah. When one overcomes the gvura of tumah, then he gets Gvura of Kedusha, which is why the Pasuk that the Mishnah brings for Ezu Gibar HaKoybesh Yitzu refers specifically about Kas, Toiv Moishel Beruchoi Miloikeit Ir, one who can control his anger, becomes the greatest Gibar, because that's the Gvura of Klipa, the Gvura in Tumah. When one overcomes that, he attains levels of Gvura in Kedusha. Now let's try to understand some of the applications in our day-to-day lives of the Midah of Gvura. First of all, in Yiddishkeit, we are a nation of Giboire Koyach, of heroes, of powerful, strong nation. And this strength, this perseverance has kept us throughout all the generations. And that means to tenaciously adhere and to not hop his spilus and to focus ourselves on what we believe on and believe in and hold on tight. There is a woman who lives in Eretz Yisrael, her name is Rebetzin Barg, and her parents were a blabe Meislik who lived in Russia. And she tells a story, their life story, and she describes how... She had six brothers and one sister who were born before the war. She was born when her parents were nearly 50 years old. When the Germans invaded Kiev, she became sick with typhus. She was a, a, a tiny little baby. And her parents set out by train to take her to a hospital. And they were running ahead of the advancing armies. They had no idea yet how the Germans were going to treat the Jews. And they left their family behind. On the way to the hospital, they already heard the Germans took over Kiev. And in one, one day, one horrible day, when the Jews of Kiev were murdered in Babiyar, they lost six sons and one daughter. Now they were left with this one Bas Zakunim. And she describes her life and her parents were murdered. And she describes when it came time to go to school. 
and became the Nisoyen, started the Nisoyen of every El in Russia. What about Chilul Shabbos? And she says, I remember my mother telling me, take off your socks and tons of the Shnei. Go dance in the snow so that you'll catch a cold and you'll be sick and you won't have to go to school. She says, I remember she had to have, she became so not well from this, she had to have two operations on her throat. And she was dancing around the snow. She thought to herself, my mother lost seven children. I'm all she has left. And she's telling me to make myself ill, to make myself sick in order to serve the Rabbeinu Shalolim. And then when I was, oh, was, I was too old and, and we had to go into school and I had to be there on Shabbos. And I asked my father, what should I do? Tell me a psak to write or not to write. Because it was only so many times you could fool and only sometimes you could do something. And my father said to me, you stood on Harsina just like I stood at Harsina. You know what you have to do. Klau Yisro was forged in this type of givura. And don't think this is stories of the past. I'll tell you, Amaisa, that I just told last, uh, what was it, last night, two nights ago, in New York. You know that there is an organization in Eretz Yisrael called Shuvu that created many, many schools for Russian children. It was a child who learns in one of these Shuvu schools whose mother wanted him also to have a broader secular education more than he was getting in the Shuvu school. And she enrolled him in a weekend school where he can learn some other subjects. And he was there for a few weeks. Every Shabbos he would go. And one Shabbos... They said there's going to be a test and he's going to have to write. And he bolted from the door and he couldn't go home because his mother wouldn't, wouldn't hear of him. Of course, you have to take the test. And he ran to his teacher from the Shuvu school. He ran to her house and he was crying. He said, they want to make me write on Shabbat. They want to make me write on Shabbat. He said, look, at it. Said, I'm not going home. My mother's not going to understand me. I'm staying here. I'm moving into you. She tried to calm him down. She says, don't worry. You can still go back to your mother. I'll arrange it. No, no, no. They're going to make me write. They're going to make me write. And... There was nothing that she can do to him. He said, look, you have to go back to school and we'll work it out later. Today you don't have to write. Don't worry. Matzah Shabbos will find an aid to break. Your mother doesn't know where you are. Nobody knows where you are. You have to. You just can't do this. The child said, fine, I'll go back to school. And the child walked out. You know those heavy Israeli doors? And the boy put his hand right by the doorstop and slammed the door on his hand and broke four fingers and said, now let them make me write on Shabbos. Now I'll go to school. That's Gibayre Koyach. That's the Gvura of Klau Yisrael. Who are ready to fight with strength and with power. And this is the story of our survival. There was a very great Sadekis who lived in Muncie. It was Nifta not long ago. Rebetzin Goldworm. Oleo HaSholem. She had a Zayda who came to America in the early part of the century, Rav Rosenberg his name was, and when he came, he made a Kabbalah, this one thing, no matter what, he's not going to touch his beard, and he's going to stick by that, and he's going to be Moise Nefesh. And he came to relatives who weren't so frum, and they kept telling him, you can't go like this, this is America, you'll never succeed. And 
he refused to listen. And one night in the middle of the night, he saw them walking into his room with a pair of scissors that were going to cut his beard during his sleep. And he caught them and he jumped up, ran out and ran and spent an entire week sleeping in Central Park until those days he could sleep in Central Park until he was able to find a place to stay. This is our kiyum. Tzadikim knew what it means not to be mevater. They knew what it means to stand firm for principles, for beliefs. The Kloisenberger Rebbe, when he was in the concentration camps, in the bitter freezing Polish winters, walked around in a thin shirt that barely covered him. And somebody asked him why they wore clothing. You can get a coat. There was some way you can do to protect yourself. His wife said, he's only going to wear this because this shirt happened to have the buttons buttoned right over left. But see them a with the right side, which is actually one of the inyonim is the chesed should be over gevura. And this was his, his snagus. This was his chumra. And no matter what, yavar no one is going to change me. No one's going to make me mevata from a kutzay shalyud. And he would go around at night when it came time for Kiddush Levana begging people to join him in a Rakida for Kiddush Levani because it's a mini Yisrael we can't be Mavata and he wouldn't touch a thing that was cooked if a Yid wouldn't put a matzah in order there shouldn't be Bishel Akum and Auschwitz that's Gvura that's the Gvura of Klau Yisrael but there's something about strength we know when we do things with great power the nature is that it wears off. Our strength weakens. When we do something with a lot of energy, we tend to, it wears off. But we also know that if a person continuously does again, he exercises his goof again and again with acts of strength, instead of wearing off, he'll find that his goof, that his physical strength becomes stronger and his goof changes. Gvura begets gvura. The more we do acts of strength, we will find ourselves becoming stronger and stronger people, being able to accomplish things we never knew we could have, we could have accomplished. But in today's world, and especially in this country, which has been called by many tzaddikim, a malchus shel chesed, which it really is. But in a malchus shel chesed, you don't find much gvura. There's a lot of chesed. But there's no gvura. And there's cynicism about gvura. Gvura. We remember people elderly eaten with principles. What happened to the world? Principles. I have things that my no is no and my yes is yes. Today doesn't mean we can believe in something, but when it comes Bahadr Khado and no one sees it, it doesn't that we don't even feel guilty about it. It's not ingrained in us anymore that strength of character, the iron will of principles. Because we live in a Malchus Shel Chesed. And in a Malchus Shel Chesed, which is wonderfully kind to us, we also become weak. We don't have boundaries. On Sir Taka B'Shem, the Kloisenberger Rebbe, he said, there's no country in the world where it's easier to be a Yid than in America. But there's no country in the world where it's harder to want to be a Yid than in America. Another area where we have to inject gvura and strength is in the Indian of Chinuch, how we raise our children. 
The Pasuk says, Kedoshim Tiyu, and the next Pasuk is, Ish Imoy Va'aviv Tira. I was last week at a chasana, and I heard the Lakewood Mashkiach Ramatas Yo Solomon said over a vote, one of the great Giboyrim, one of the greatest Giboyrim in our history, the Heiliger of Shamshan of Hirsch, who stood alone against an entire country, a wave of assimilation, a wave of Akira Sadas and fought with power and strength. And if Shamshul Hirsch asked, where does Ish Imav Aviv Tiro come into the Pasha of Kiddoshim? And he said, if we want to have a generation of Kiddoshim, the first thing is Ish Imav Aviv Tiro, Yira, as we said, is the idea of Tzimtzum, is the Midas Hagvura. If a child is trained when he's young to be afraid to have Yira for his parents, to have their Echeretz. Not to be Hefke, but to know, to be disciplined, such a child to grow up to be a Kodosh. But if when he's young, he's not guided, he's not disciplined, there's no demands made of him. We are Mechanechim only with Chesed, a Kodosh he can never be. And sometimes it takes tremendous gvur and tremendous overcoming of our own wonderful feelings of ahav and love we have for our children. Many of us become very weak when it comes to this. And we don't want to deny our children anything. Not long ago was Nifta, the Rebbet Rebetzin Shor, the Rebetzin of Rebbe Gedal Yeshua Zatzal. And she grew up in America, in Detroit. And her father of Isby was Megadal a generation, and she said on Shabbos, every Shabbos, my father used to hide my shoes. So I wouldn't be able to go outside and play with those who didn't have our convictions, who might have been a bad, might have been a bad influence. And her father was a very loving man. He used to take her riding. He had a, a horse and wagon. He used to take her on rides. And he used to be very, very warm to his children. But when it came to an issue of Yiddishkeit, he was strength itself. And he was disciplined and he demanded, he demanded, he expected. And we tell children what is expected, we're making strong children. But today we're so concerned with protecting our children. I always tell a story that a fellow told me he was in a bungalow colony. And it was, you know, you have the, the communal laundry. And uh, he had went, he did a chesed for his wife, and he went to take out the laundry that was washing, and that was drying in the dryer. And just as he's coming, he sees a bunch of little kids laughing and giggling and running out. This is what happened. And I think they thought it was a good stickle. They took a bottle of bleach and poured it into the dryer. Kids, you know, mischievous children. And um, he's looking, you know, just then uh, the child who did it, the mother walks in. And uh, he said, you know, you just threw bleach into the dryer. So she says, uh, who leaves bleach on top of a dryer? She says, uh, I didn't leave bleach on top of a dryer. He must have gotten it from somewhere else. So she opens up the dryer, looks in. No, nothing happening. Everything, everything is okay. No, and he takes home the laundry, and the laundry is full of holes. Now, what happened to this child? What was this child taught this child was taught to be a mufkir. This mother has presented the world with a defective person who we're all going to suffer from. We'll suffer from him in shul, we'll suffer from him at simchas, unless he has the good fortune to go to a yeshiva where maybe someone will set him right, and maybe his friends will so disdain him because of his self-centered nature. Maybe he'll learn a lesson. But if not, we're in big trouble. Somebody told me it was just this chalamoyed, 
we went on a, on a hike in Bear Mountain. So there was a little boy standing on top of one of the trails, and he's kicking sand down, and everybody who passes by, and each person who passes by got a head full of sand. And some of the mother lotus notices what he's doing, and she grabs him, he says, she says to him, I just bought you new shoes. What is going to be the product of such chinuch? How are we going to create children who can persevere? Who can be miyageya in Torah, who are prepared to toil in a difficult sugya? If all we tell them is we so make sure that everything goes easy for them, and we're not prepared to reprimand them, we're not prepared to be mekayim ish imoi tiro. Of course we have to give children love, of course we have to understand them, and of course we can have wonderful children that way, but great children can only be built with strength. Children who know that there are standards and things are expected from him, from him or her. If a mother will run around a table cleaning up on a Shabbos afternoon while her children are sitting there and watching her clean, those children are going to be weaklings. They'll have no strength. They're being taught weakness. If they have no discipline, if they have no time to go to sleep, if they're never responsible to go to a neighbor to help, if they don't know they have to call their grandparents, if they don't know how to write letters or to write thank yous, basic protocol, basic human behavior. In the days of sphere of Talmud, Rabbi Kiva Loinogu, Kovit If they don't have a code of behavior in a society, it doesn't even have a definition of a code of behavior. There'll be children, Khalil, without principles. And Gvura is what creates a man, because the Torah refers to a man with the word Gever, which means strength itself. Another very important application of Gvura, which we find in the Medrash, when it talks about the Shoimre Shmito, and the Pasig refers to them as Gibayre Koyach, and the Medrash says, these are those who watch their fields lying fallow, and watch their fields going to ruin, and with great strength they say, I'm not going to work on Shmiti, these are called Gibayre Koyach. Because one of the most important aspects of Gvura pertains to a particular Yetzirah we all have. The Pesach tells us, Tzavez b'nei Yisrael, by the parasha of Korban Oilo. And Rashi says, B'yoyse tzorech ha-kosev li-zorez b'dov m'mokam sh'yesh b'y chesor kis A Korban Oilo, this chesor kis and the Midrashim explained, that a carbon oiler, the coin doesn't get anything from. From a shlamim, he gets something. So maybe he won't be motivated to go and uh, won't be motivated to go and be makriv an oiler if he can get a shlamim and get a chelik. So the Torah had to be mezarez him, but mokim sheyesh chesar and kiss. Now let's imagine this is an unbelievable chazal. Let's imagine for a moment, Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach Mashiach comes tomorrow. And some saw in this room we have some kaihanim. Now all these kahanim are very, very, very lucky because they're going to have the schus to go serve in the base of when the rest of us are going to have to wait outside. Now it's not going to be so easy because you're going to have to learn the halachas. It's going to take some time. We'll try to find a coil, 10 years, 15 years till we learn the halachas. Maybe the Heligoch of Chaim will come and give a crash course. It'll take a few months till those kahanim will learn how to be makriv a korban. 
and Fashtetzer, they're going to go by big day kunim. You can't just get regular big day kunim because it has to be midoy bad, it has to be kitay midos, it has to be specifically tailored until we get those magnificent. Big day kahuna, and of course, by then everybody's going to look like a great tzaddik with a longer board and pay it. Go rent to the base of Migdash, stuff in the Chayyim, and Akoyim, and town. And you can imagine how many times he's going to say vidui, and he'll find every vidui that was ever printed, whether it be the Fandari, from the Chidov, or when it's going, he's going to do tshuva and tshuva and tshuva again. He'll go to the mikveh a thousand times, and he'll go and have the paradum, he's be rubbing himself and scraping himself. I'm going to the avoid to the base of Migdash, and he goes there, they're not letting anybody in except for the Shach and the Ktsois and the Samer, and the told us, of Yosef and, and the Chofetz Chaim and you and everybody else there's some side of Kivega they have the Yisrael and they have to stand outside and Zoknan's the Torah I'm going to walk into the base of Migdosh and they're going to say be makriv an oil and they're saying holy an oil what do I get from an oil I want a shlomen is that possible no so you'll say Avada and Mashiach comes but in the time of the base of Migdosh they went to be makriv all the time it's not true how often did a Kayan get to be Makriva Kormen? There were 24 Mishmoiris, and you went twice a year. It came out twice a year, a Kayan got to go. And then, it was only one day a week because there were six Batei Ovois. So there were two days a year the Kayan had the Schus to serve in the Beis Hamikdash. You can imagine when he left home, he was sent off with a whole parade. The whole family was, was wishing him well. He's going to the Heilige Beis Hamikdash. They can't wait. He's going to come back home and tell the gather the whole town together what he saw. He's just sing the latest Nigunim de Levim sang. He's going to talk about the Karbonas and the magnificent Tzura. Unbelievable. Zoktun's the Torah. He's going to walk into the Beis Hamikdash and he's going to see they're giving him an oil and his heart's going to fall. Believe it or not, the entire person is totally believe. The lave totally be kiss. The entire person is dependent on his heart, and a person's heart is in his pocket, whether we like it or not. And many, many decisions which we would never dream are really motivated and rooted in that pocket are really there. And Chazal made Yordu Beroiv Kedushosem, they were Yordu Lesoivdate Shalodam, and they said, Yes, even at the time of the greatest Kedusha, a person will be standing in the Azorah and he'll see the Kayhan, he'll see the Levim, somehow deep in his heart, he's going to be motivated by financial concerns. How much Givura Giboyle Koyach! Do we have to be when it comes to the Nisoyan of money? And when Chazal talk about the Shoim Reishvi, as they called Giboyrim, there was a group of Rabbanim who went from London to see the Shoim Reishmit in Eretz Yisrael. And they came out, I think, I don't remember his name, Rabboyaz, Abzaswad Shayid, who had greenhouses or fields of roses or flowers. And it hadn't rained, all they needed was some water. And he wasn't allowed to water his flowers. And he was standing to have a loss of $500,000. And all he had to do was just a little faucet and give it a kick with his heel by mistake. And suddenly the water would go through and he would save his entire seven years of work. And he could tell himself, Shvi'as was man azev, the Rabbonon, Sidoyeteirim. 
And when they asked him, he said, if the Rabbeinu Shalom wants to give me panosil, give me panos. If he wants to take away my flowers, take away flowers. I am going to be strong. And I am going to do the Ratzon Hashem. That's Giboy Koyach. The Hilliger of Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld. Once had to make a bris for his child. He didn't have a penny to his name. And he had a principle he would never take from anybody. He wouldn't even borrow if he didn't, if, if, there, was, if there was any other Eitzah. And he had once purchased a lottery ticket for the Austrian lottery. And he found a doctor who was willing to buy it off him. And he sold it to him. With that money, he made the bris. A week later, the doctor comes to him with tremendous simcha. The lottery ticket won 100,000 gilden or whatever it was. And he said, really, it belongs to you. So I want to give you a reward. I'm going to give, I wanted to give him a huge sum of money, a thousand, a hundred, I don't know what it was, to give him a chalik. And Reb Chaim Zonesfeld says, what? I sold it to you. It's not mine. He wouldn't touch a penny of it. The Rebbe had it stayed by me, it wouldn't have won. It was destined for you. Reb Chaim Zonenfeld controlled massive amounts of tzedakah because people entrusted him from all over the world. They gave him money to be mechalek, to distribute amongst Ania Yerushalayim. You know, Chaim Zonenfeld lost, I think, seven or eight, I may be, may be wrong with the number. He lost a lot of children, Bechayev. Married children, unmarried children. Some died of disease, of starvation. And he had a granddaughter, a Yesoyme. He had lost a son. This son's daughter was getting married. And she came crying to her grandfather, I don't have money for anything, not for a dress, not for a not for a chasana. From all the funds that people, there certainly couldn't be a more worthy cause than a Yesoyme, an Enekel of the Yerushalayim Erov. And he said, my entire kind, I have a principle, I will never ever touch money that was entrusted to me for the purpose of anybody in my family. You have no idea how many tears I've shed for you, for your matzah, for your situation. I'm prepared to sell my sheets, my coat, my shoes. I'll do anything, but I cannot break my principles. When he got married, received a huge nadin. And it was invested, and over the years he realized that there was some Eden involved. There could have been somewhere Mefakpik, that there could have been a Shash of Ribbis. He took his entire fortune and gave it out to Tzedakah. He was Oimid bin Esoyen. Gvura. Another aspect of Gvura, Poshit in our personal behavior, we said before, Kaddish Atzmachabemutelach. How we see to our goof. There's a story told about the Goyen. There was once a Dibuk in Vilna. And they asked the Dibuk, can you, um, what they think about, the, at that time the Goyen was very oisik and fasting. In Shemaim, are they afraid of the Goyen's fasting? He said, of his fasting? In Shemaim, they're afraid of the Goyen's eating. Do we eat with Discipline. Listen to the Lashon of the Sefer Achinich where it says, Allah shaloy lechel kezoylel v'soyvei. Meshor sheha mitzvah ki roif chatoyes b'nei odom yasu b'sibas ribi ho'achila v'shtia. Most of our sins come as a result of overindulgence in food and drink. And it says in the Pazik, Vayishmon yishurun vayivot. 
And it's partial because it's a lack of gevura. If a person doesn't have gevura when he sees to his basic physical needs, how can he have gevura when it comes to avodas Hashem? There was a heilig yid living in Yerushalayim, Ramosha Shia Landau, a Talmud of the Chazanish, and he became very sick. They brought him to America, and he was given treatments, and he was traveling back to Yerushalayim, and the treatments that he was given made him very, very thirsty. And he was in the airport, and somebody bought him a bottle of water, and he wouldn't drink it. He was, he was a sick man, he was dying. He wouldn't drink it, you're not going to drink from a bottle, I'll only drink from a cup. Not going to drink water like a peasant. And they begged him, and Ben said, "Wait till you get into the till you get into the plane." He said, "I'll wait to get there. I can get a cup." Finally, after a long, long wait, he was mamish, he was getting ice from exhaustion. He came on the plane, and they brought him a cup of water, and he filled it up. He said, "Now I want to wait. I'm just going to dive into a cup of water. I want to make a bracha properly. I want to prepare myself." And it took him a while till he finally made a shahakel near bedvare. What does that do for a person? Said the Baron Kotler. When he was in his last weeks of his life, they operated on him, and he wasn't allowed to have a drink. And his lips were parched, and his throat was burning, and the Talmudians were begging the doctors, could the Yeshiva just take a drink? We do something to wet his lips. And they said, we can't, we can't. He's not allowed to. Finally, it was a Wednesday afternoon. And he said, you know, you could put some ice into his mouth. And they came to Rabban and they said, the Shishiva, the doctor said, we can put some ice into your mouth. You haven't, the water hasn't passed your lips in days. He looked at the ice. It was Wednesday. He said, Bissel Vasa, let's wait. Let's keep it. Lechavit Shabbos. Such an enjoyment. I'll hold that he waited Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He wouldn't touch it until Shabbos. Gibayle Koyach. Rather, we're talking about Madregas of Tzadikim. But each of us, in our own way, can go up a little bit of a notch. In our Hisnagos, the Magad of Rome says, one, it used to be common, uh, common courtesy. Everybody understood. The Magad of Rome says, Tabot Chacham is not allowed to eat or drink while standing. And the Machsar Shekel says, Kol Adam Roy, Lios Noye, Ketalmot Chacham Bezeh. These are all Koiches of Gvure. If we have proper, proper gvura, proper strength, we'll be able to shine and we'll be able to be mechal and bechesed, to do all the things that a yid has to do. Now, boys, I just want to continue. Okay. I want to finish up a little bit of Midas HaTeferes. I'll be very quick explaining this Indian. As we mentioned, chesed is Avram. And Yitzchok is Gvura. Now, Chesed has a psoilus, we said, Gile Arayas. Gvura has a psoilus, which is Ritziche. The psoilus in Avram Avinu came out in his son Yishmoel. And the psoilus means the Tzad Hora and the beer of Yitzchok came out in his son Esau. And that's why the Goyen says when it came time to give the Torah, Yishmoel said, We can't accept Loisinov, the love of Gile Arayas, because he's the Tzad Hora of Chesed. And Esav said, I can't be Makabal Loisirtzach, because that's the Tzad Hara of Gvura. So in the Midah of Chesed there's a Chesorin, and in the Midah of Gvura there's a Chesorin. Perfection 
is the Midah of Yankiv Avinu. That's the Midah of Tiferes, the we consider that we are in now. Glory of Tiferes. Tiferes is the child, is the progeny of a proper mixture of Chesed and Gvule. The Derech HaMemutza, the golden mean that the Rambam talks about. And that creates a new type of glory. It's beyond the person. Tfilin Shorosh is called Oiter Yisrael B'Sifaro. Klil Tiferes B'Roisoy Nosatli. A crown is an extension of a person. It's an aura that comes out of a person who's reached Shlemus, who's managed to temper and mild and, 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 and merge together chesed and gvura. That's what the Posik says, why an oval, the Gemara says an oval doesn't wear tefillin and brings the Posik, you'll put efer tachas pe'er. Pe'er, which is teferes, is the opposite of efer. Efer is when you destroy something, the new result, when you, when you separate all its yesoiders, the new result is efer, is ashes. When you build something, when you combine something to a perfect shleim as Vyankov, Ishtom, Tmimus, the result is Tiferes, is Tfilin Shalroish, Vero Kalameoretz, Kishem Hashem Nikra Olecho, Vyalu Mimeko. So total perfect Shlemus, Yankiv Mitoso Shleim, all his children with Sadiqin, there was no Chisroinus. That was the middle of Tiferes, the middle of Shlemus. The Agri the Kala explains, as we know, Chesed is Mitzad Hayamin and Gvur is Mitzad Asmoil. Since the Yishmoelim represent Klippa of Chesed, that's why their holy day, their, their, their day of sh- their Sabbath is on Friday, which is to the right of Shabbos, and the Christians keep Sunday, which is to the left of Shabbos. We keep in the middle. Yankev Avinu is the middle. Hamemutze is right in the center. As it says, he uh, says, the Oirev, in Pashas Noach, the Kalat says, Vayishlach as Oirev, says the Oirev, is represents Malchus Edom, represents Christianity. It says Vayishlach es Oirev ad Yevoishes Samayin. The Balaturim says Yevoishes is Tishbi until the Zman of Mashiach. The Oirev will be Shoilet and es Oirev is Begematiri. He says Yeshu Hanoitzri and Zarzir. The Gemara talks about an insect called a Zarzir. Is the clip is represents Yishmoel. The Gemara says Loy Lechina Maholach Hazarzal Eitzel Oirev. These two Mamlochis, which represent each one, represents from the Zayin Umois thirty-five Mitzadaches. 35 mitzvah gvura represented by Esau and by Yishmoel and together Zarazer and Oyrev is begimatri a Shabbos because Shabbos is the center is Nachlas Yankav Avinu Nachlo Beli Mitzorim I just want to say a pshat in a Mishnah that we learned this Shabbos in Pirkei Ovois Rebbe Oymer Ezehu Derech Yeshora Sheyiver Loi HaOdom which is the proper path one should choose? And the Rav says, which is the derech hamemutza? A person can't be too much to the right, too much. There has to be a blend of chesed and gvura. Kolshi tiferes lo oiseo. It's a tiferes for the person himself, and it's tiferes lo mina adam. It's for other people. Now it's interesting that we always read this mission in the week of tiferes. Derech Yeshara, the Rav says, is the Derech HaMemutze. Yaakov is the Memutze between Avram and Yitzchok. The Derech HaMemutze is Midas HaTiferes. There's an Agri Dekala in Parshas told us. It says, Adova Nifle. 
Shnei goyim bevitnech, it says shnei geyim bevitnech, with two yuds. And Rashi says this refers to Antoninus verebi, shalai poskum al shulchonam loi tznoim veloi chazeres, levi moisachamu levi moisach shomim. I'm not going to go into the arichas, the agri, the kala explains that there was a tachlis to Esav too. Esav represents the tzad hara, who's meant to be nichna to Yaakov, but he refused to be nichna to Yaakov, so Yaakov couldn't fear ois the avoida b'shlemus. Shnei goyim bevitnech is with a vav. Shnei geyim is with a yud. It's four more. And he says the tzadara is represented by four koiches of klipa. And the koich hakadusha has to be able to take these four koiches of klipa and be machnes it into the eser. He says, Ekev. We know there are kuf ayin. He brings there are kuf ayin base koiches of tumah. That's the rep- represents the union of ikvisa the meshicha. Yankev was v'yodoy oichezes ba'akev esav. He was grabbing on, trying to get even the chelik of Ekev into the Kedusha, even to be mala, the chelik of Oilam, the chelik of Achil, the chelik of Shtir, the chelik of Gufni, is to bring it all into the Kedusha. However, the true perfection of Yankiv and Esav was later in many generations, the Sefer Agagulim says, Antoninus and Rebbe, Antoninus was the Roman emperor who served Rebbe, who would get down on his hands and knees when Rebbe wanted to get into bed and he would stand on his back and climb into bed, were Gilgulim of Yankiv and Esav. And the perfection, the true tzura of the relationship of Olam Haza to Olam Abba, the perfect midah of Tiferes was only expressed when it was the Gilgul, of Antoninus Verebi. And Agudakal is Meramasid in the Mishnah. It says, Achilas kva chayeves bemaser. Achilas aloi peturim and asa. You need an Achilas kva, you have to take maiser. Achilas kva, kva is the words ekev. When the Achila was still in a madreg of ekev, it's chayeves bemaiser. You have to work very hard to bring it into the Esser, into the Esser spheres. Achilas aloi, aloi is the Rishatebus, Antoninus Rebi. Ace of Yaakov, so when it was at that level, it was easy to bring the Gufnius into the Kedusha. So he stated from the Heilige Igre, the Kagre, the Kalaf, the Heilige Bnei Now, Yaakov is Ishtom, which is actually the entire Kavon of Svira Soimer. Sheva Shabosa is Timimois Tiena, to reach Shlemus, which means there's no Stira, the Chesed, and Gvura are acting in concert. Now, the Svira Soimer. Is the purpose is to reach Tamimus, and Tamimus means Derech being perfection right in the center. We know the B'nai Soscha in Lagba tells us, on the, the Mishnah says, Ezu Derech Toiv is Leiv Toiv. Leiv Toiv is 49. And that represents Svir, the two Chalokim in Svir, the first 32 days. And then there's the last 17 days beginning from Lag Ba'imer. The first days until Lag Ba'imer are the preparation days of Svira. From Lag Ba'imer onward begins the days of Kabbalah Satayr, it's already Yoinik from Shvuas. So there are three times, in the 50 days of Svir, there are three times 17. You have the 17 days from Lag Ba'imer till Shvuas. In your first 32 days, which is twice 17, but not actually twice 17. The center of the 32 is the 17. It's got 16 on one side and 16 on the other side. So the center of the center, these 32 days represent this with the center of the center is the 17th day of Svira, which is Tiferes Shebet Tiferes. The center of the center is the 17th day, which we just counted this week. Now, 
if we just learned that the Rebbe was the ultimate expression, the perfection in the world of Yaakov Avinu when Esav was finally Nichna. So that means that Yaakov is Tiferes, but Rebbe is Tiferes Shebe Tiferes. Now in a year like this year or last year, when, you, when Pesach falls out, just like real Yitzhiya Shemitzrayim, which was on a Thursday, we always read this Mishnah, Rebbe Oimer, we always read it on the Shabbos, that that Matzah Shabbos we count the 17th day of Sphere, that we count Tiferes Shebet Tiferes. Like this year we just did it. And just before we count, we learn the Mishnah, Rebbe Oimer, Rebbe who's the Gilgal of Yankiv Avinu, who is the Mida of Tiferes Shebet Tiferes. He says, Ezehu derech yeshara. What's the derech yoshar? The center, as the Rav says, the midah ha-memutze. Kol shehu tiferes le-oisel, hu tiferes lo-yminah-adam. A double tiferes, that's the center of the center and the tachlas of the tzmiras ha-oimeh. And perhaps we can even be maramas even further. So if in the middle of this mission is twice tiferes, tiferes shebe tiferes, what's the word at the center of that? On the big Mishnahis, it's spelled Mole, Lamed, Ayin, Vov, Shin, Yud, Hey. Le'oisel is the Rosh Tevis, Ha, Yom, Shiva, Osa, Yomim, Shehem, Shnei, Shavuos, Ushloisha, Yomim, Lo'oimer. So, Rebbe, Oimer. What is the Derech, Yishore? What is the center of the center of Sviris, Oimer, the mid of Tiferes, Shebe, Tiferes, Le'oisel? That's the tachlis of the tmimus shebet tmimus. And that is our avoider, to reach this midah of shleimus, to be able to find each one of us in our own lives, a proper mixture, a proper mizug of chesed and gvura. Chesed, as we spoke, to be able to look and to know what another Eid needs. At the same time, being strong with ourselves, disciplined with ourselves, expecting and demanding from ourselves, and not lazing out, not being cynical, having principles, having morals, having our own gedorim, our own nose. This I don't do under any circumstance. This is my derech. This is my, this is my stance. This is my strength. This is my gvura. We'll and we'll see the, see the strength of Klal Yisrael and the strength of Nishmat Yisrael going until we'll be Amen.